Opinions expressed by callers, guests, and hosts do not necessarily reflect those of the Black Talk Radio Network and Black Talk Media Project. Black Talk Radio is new black media for the new millennium. Welcome to this broadcast of Black Talk Radio News. My name is Scotty Reed, of course. I'm broadcasting from behind the enemy lines of USA Inc. On this Tuesday morning, it is June 11, 2019. Um, got a lot to talk about today. Our main topic today, there's a lot of news that I have to share with you, but the main topic that I will be discussing today, as some of you already know, as I have been soliciting information on online uh, for people to, you know, help me uh, understand some of these arguments when it comes to abortion and what have you in this country, which is uh, still very much a wedge issue in this country. Uh, some of the research I've done has shown that Americans are pretty much evenly divided on the issue of abortion, with 48% describing themselves as pro-life uh, and 48% uh, describing themselves as pro-choice, and the remaining what? Uh, 2%, I guess, or 1%, um, don't have a view whatsoever. It, it's just something that is not important to them. And whether or not this issue is important to you, I guess, hinges on where you stand on the issue. But to me, it just comes down to when do you believe that life begins? Does it, does it begin at conception? Does it begin when there's a fetal heartbeat? Um, does it begin once the baby breaches the Virginia walls? When when does life begin? Um, so, you know, I believe that that is the question that is at the heart of, of where people fall on this issue. But it's not so much that I want to debate Roe versus Wade, uh, Roe v. Wade, as they call it, Roe, which is uh, versus Wade. It's not that I want to relitigate or re-argue, uh, you know, whether or not the 14th Amendment, a Reconstruction Amendment that granted citizenship to former victims of slavery and also uh, set the parameters for citizenship as being granted to anyone born within the jurisdiction of the United States government. The 14th Amendment also talks about punishing Confederates, um, prohibiting them from holding federal office, prohibiting them from uh, getting compensation for any property they lost during the Civil War. It even deals with who can vote and who cannot vote. 
that's what the 14th Amendment and Roe v. Wade hinges on the due protection clause of the 14th Amendment. And we know that the 14th Amendment, again, was a reconstruction amendment addressing things or issues coming out of the Civil War. Abortion wasn't one of them. Okay, so but my, I, I just wanted to make that quick point um, because you may have heard some of these pro-choice candidates out here saying abortion is a constitutional right. And I'm like, well, what amendment? Tell me what amendment where it says that terminating life in a woman's womb is a constitutional right, because I have read the Constitution. Um over and over and over during the years and I've never seen any reference to um, terminating life in the womb being referenced as a right and so what we do have is judicial activism where people make interpretations of the law well I shouldn't say people but judges make interpretations of the law and they may be totally out there in left field and it has nothing to do the amendments that they say have nothing to do with the issues that is being litigated. But I'm not on here to re-argue Roe v. Wade because I believe that there was a great compromise, and I don't want to use the word compromise, but a compromise. This is a very, very, very hotly debated issue. People get in, you have extremists on both sides, and people get into their feelings and their um, emotions whenever we talk about these topics. But there was a compromise um, between pro-lifers and pro-choice people in that, okay, Roe v. Wade has been decided, so you can have an abortion. Now, what you can't do is use federal taxpayer money to fund those abortions. So that, you know, the Hyde Amendment is is federal law that prohibits organizations like Planned Parenthood from receiving any federal funds to do abortions. But there are three exceptions, three exceptions. Those three exceptions are to save the life of the mother in cases of incest or rape. The Hyde Amendment does allow federal funds to be used to terminate a pregnancy that will, again, save the life of a mother um, you know, abort a product of incest or rape. So, you know, I felt like that was a good compromise that people could live with that. Whether they're whether they're pro-life, you know, they should be able to live with that. Okay, I can't control what everybody do. Um, I can't control what this government. Um, you know, these judicial uh, activists on the on the bench. I can't control how they're going to interpret laws and. Uh, interpret the constitution and all that you know but as long as I'm not being asked to contribute to the termination of a pregnancy then I'm cool I'll, I'll leave it alone I'm cool with that so the point of this broadcast is if you can tell from the title that Democrats are talking about the repeal of the Hyde Amendment and it's giving Donald Trump the issue that he needs to run on because it's such a wedge issue and I, I think it's a tremendous mistake uh, on the Democrats part and I, I just really don't see um, the point I, I really don't see the point of for, forcing taxpayers to fund termination of pregnancies alright so that's what today um, 
show or program will be about. If you have any questions or comments, you can give us a call at 704-802-5056, 704-802-5056 if you'd like to get in on the conversation. Um, of course, watch your background noise, hit the star key twice. Also, please continue to support the Black Talk Media Project's 11th annual fundraiser. I do need to update the totals on, on that. I've been behind on so many things. I'm trying to recruit new programming, um, which I have been successful, and just trying to do a reset of Black Talk Radio Network and uh, go from a pay-to-play platform to, okay, we will fund your program and your podcast as long as it's constructive. Okay, so we're moving away from offering services to the public. So that makes it even more important um, that the listeners, those who find value in the programming that you find on Black Talk Radio Network to support it with a financial donation. You can do that by going to Black Talk Radio Network. Uh, com. In the future, we will have individual funding projects for creating individual localized media platforms for various uh, black communities around the nation. And But that website, I'm revamping it, so that's still in the works. But that's some of the things coming down the pipe. Now, speaking of changing in the program, um, normally Tando Radio Show will be on from 11 uh, the 12.55 p.m. Eastern. Then Dave had to move it to 9 o'clock um, because of business. And now um, Tando Radio Show is going to have to go on vacation. And Dave uh, was gracious enough to join us this morning um, so that he can explain what's going on. So without further delay, let me uh, welcome on a member of the family, uh, Dave from FEMA region number six, I believe. Is that it, Dave? <laughs> FEMA region number six. Man, Scotty. I, brother, first of all, I can't even speak without saying thank you for your commitment. Thank you for who you are. And thank you for your steadfastness in all that you do with this network and all that you do in developing this network because you, you are truly, truly genuine in your overall commitment to our overall prosperous path and so that we can retain the prosperity that was lost in the past and i love you so much brother you, you we are not uh, even though tando radio show is, is is going to to have to go on a little hiatus um and the reason why we're going on a hiatus is just because i'm taking a, on a role in a company um as the uh chief executive as, as the COO, the chief operating officer, and it's a lot that I have to do, and there's a lot of responsibility that's there, um, and so I'm going to have to devote pretty much all of my time um, going forward to that overall commitment that I made, to, to, and so, but we're not leaving Black Talk Radio Network. This is, this is my home. This is, you know, this is the network that I truly believe in and truly support. And as everyone can hear from Scotty, just for uh, what his topic of, uh, of, you know, of discussion is, you can see the sincerity because there isn't an agenda with the information. Scotty pre presents the, the, the overall information and you determine where, uh, you know, it's, it, it's fit for you. And so 
I just want to say, Scotty, we're always going to be here. We're going to continue to support the network financially as well, but we need the overall listeners that actually listen to this network and get from it. We need you to give to it. And, you know, we always say, Scotty, you know, you can, we have to move from eating the fruit to feeding the roots. And Black Talk Radio Network is a grassroots network for our overall community. And it is, it is something that has to be supported with the same with the same intent and nurturing that you would support uh, a child because the life that this breeds and what it what it actually uh, you know what it develops is something that is beneficial to us all. So we're um, just going to have to go on a hiatus for a little while at Tando. And we will be listening. We will be back. We will be supporting the network uh, because this is this is our home. There's no other place that I'm going to. I could I could go. Um, and because Scotty has, from the very first time that we came on four years ago, four almost four and a half years ago with Scotty, Scotty was first uh, determined to find out what, what what you know our agenda was. We, you know, we were going to talk about preparedness and precious metals. Well, where was the precious metals coming from and, and everything else? And that's how I knew. I said, that is the type of question, and that's the person that is sincere. And we all know that. So, Scotty, and everyone that listens to Black Talk Radio Network and everyone that was listening to Tando Radio Show, uh, I do please excuse me, and I apologize for the abruptness of it all, but there's a, a bigger, much bigger purpose. And what I'm going to be doing is actually going to be able to help Black Talk Radio Network as well. And so that's why we have to do and I, I just can't do all of those, you know, all of these things uh, physically myself. And so um, I look forward to rejoining and I probably will be doing something in the near future where I may be doing we may be doing some things on the weekends if possible. Um, so we'll do that. I just need to, to you know, really get into uh, this business because my responsibilities are great. And, and I, I definitely want to, you know, do the best that I possibly can. And I can't emphasize enough how much Scotty means to my family, how much Scotty has assisted us in our overall growth and development because there's so many great people that I've met, Scotty being one and, and many, many people that I met because of Black Talk Radio Network, you, the listeners. And we are always going to be in the best hands possible because the great creator, I do sincerely believe that the great creator's energy thrives in this network and thrives in, in the overall goals and, and the, the projections of this network. So we're going to continue to, to support it. And I love your topics, Scotty, as, as once again, you... You know, just the things that you were talking about, the importance uh, of it all and how, and I just thought it was just so well, so well put together when, in, in the foresight that you have that this is really a talking point for the current administration and, and it's, it's really an opportunity for, for, for that overall agenda to continue to, to, to move forward because they try to, to, to get you know, the emotional stir of people so that they will be blind by what really is troubling them and what's really the obstacles that are in their way. And, and you, once again, you actually see it and you're actually using the platform. 
so people can actually make determinations for them from themselves. You know, you said a question, Scotty, real quick. When does life begin? And it's such a relevant question. And everyone has a opinion about when that happens. For me personally, I, I believe that life begins the moment that uh, two, two people decide to engage in an act that can produce a, a child. And it just so happens that sometimes a child is actually born out of it, sometimes, but life actually, because there's an exchange of, of, of energy. And so that's very, very important. And so whatever that we do, I know that we're going to have a better understanding of the issues and the, and the obstacles in front of us because of Black Talk Radio Network and all the programming that's here. And so this is an institution that is relevant. This is why it doesn't have the overall mainstream media support that other publications and other networks have because it's the truth. And, and brother, I'm always here. Call me anytime and I will keep you abreast as to things in the next two weeks. Um, I will let you know where we could probably uh, get back in it. And I'm never, you know, it's, it's never goodbye. As always, we'll see you later. And, and we say that at the end of Tando Radio Show all the time because I truly do believe that. And this network is my home, and Scotty is my brother, and I greatly appreciate it. Um, so, and the feeling is mutual, just, Dave. Just let me say that the feeling, the feeling is mutual. Um, like you said, it's not goodbye. Is I see you later. And things come up in life. We have opportunities that come up in life. And sometimes we we need to uh, uh, make a detour on our path because it's actually putting us on the right path so that we yeah. can do even greater things. So we certainly understand you needing to take that time off. And, you know, we support. We support you just like you supported the network. My brother, thank you so much. And everyone, but everyone listening, please, please. This network can't go dark. And, it, and what I mean by it can't go dark, it can't go dark to being just something that we can take from in, as you as a person. That means that the network is dark to you. It's just there for your pleasure, for what you want. There is no commitment by you. And that's where things start to die. And we don't need that. So everyone, please support Scotty, I'm here. Anytime I'll get I'll talk to you um, in a few uh, weeks, two weeks or so. And once again, I thank you so much. This network has been so relevant in my life, and it's 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 caused me to actually change because sometimes you have to live up to the responsibility that you project. And I know Scotty understands what what I mean by that. Because when you start to take the responsibility on of bringing information to people, then that you're accountable for everything you read, what you think, what you say. And we don't always do it wrong, and we don't always do it right. But we do have that overall desire, and this is why this network is sincere. We don't read a script here. We live the life. So much love, much respect to everyone. And, and Scotty, we'll uh, talk to you soon. And, this is this is just you know so important to me that we can never ever not be a part of this network and if you need anything brother let me know greatly okay. appreciate love you love the family love the network so i will get back 
and looking forward to it, Scotty. All right, Dave. Appreciate you, man. And, um, you know, like you say, I can't sum it up no better. It's not goodbyes. We'll see you later, bro. That's right. <laughs> okay, Scotty. All right. Peace, peace. Peace. Okay, let, let's uh, jump into the topic. I tell you, two hours can go by really, really uh, fast. And let me say this, though, because I've already been hit with some vitriol when people are assuming that my intent is to overturn Roe v. Wade, when that is not my intent whatsoever. It, it, it really wasn't even an issue for me. It was one of those things that I had accepted as settled law um, and that, you know, I rather focus my energy on ending slavery, on ending wars, on, you know, just our survival as a people. And I was like, you know, Roe v. Wade, very contentious issue. I don't really talk about it a lot. Um, you know, I'll talk about it privately with family members, but it's ter in terms of me doing programs on, on abortion, this topic, I haven't done them in the past, you know, and we did get um, a request from a caller um, a couple of weeks ago, a caller to Tando Radio Show, who, who this issue is very near and dear to their heart. They want to save the babies because they believe that life starts at conception and you know they are staunchly pro-life and I feel that and I've stated I'm pro-life too I'm pro-life too but we I have been hit with so much vitriol um not coming from a lot of people but from two people one was a black woman uh on Twitter uh, who told me that abortion is between a woman, her family, and her doctor. Now, again, I'm talking about the repeal of the Hyde Amendment. The Hyde Amendment allows for abortions to be funded with federal dollars in saving the life of the mother, cases of incest, and rape. So that has nothing to do with overturning Roe v. Wade. It has nothing to do with her decision that she says is between her and her doctor. But here, here is something else that you should consider. If the Democrats, let's say the Democrats win, and every single Democratic candidate, including Joe Biden, who helped pass, if not wrote the Hyde Amendment, no, he didn't write it, but he helped pass it, um, the Hyde Amendment, because it was a Republican, his last name was Hyde, Representative Hyde, who got the Hyde Amendment passed in 1970, um, I think it was 76, it was not too long after the court case Roe v. Wade was decided, and he was, and, and it just simply prohibits federal funds from going to places like Planned Parenthood or any other abortion provider, federal funds, federal funds. If you want to support Planned Parenthood, you can have a fundraiser for Planned Parenthood. I'm sure they do their own fundraising. But see, when you start talking about using federal dollars, now it's no longer between you and your doctor and your family. No, it is now including me. All right. It's now including individuals who may not want their tax dollars or don't want their tax dollars. Uh, going towards terminating life in a mother's womb. And I feel like this is a, a how, how should we say that this is a strategic mistake 
Now, people who know me and listen to me uh, for years know I'm not a Donald Trump supporter. I'm not a Republican. I'm not a Democrat. Um, I support policies. I support policies that's going to produce justice in this society and throughout the world when we look at foreign policy. Okay? Um, So it's not a matter of me picking sides and and I'm on Donald Trump's side or I want to see Donald Trump reelect. Donald Trump is horrible on so, so many issues. He's horrible. And I tell you, I just feel very strongly that with the Democratic Party now running every single candidate, even Joe Biden backtracked and said, oh, well, I'm for repealing the Hyde Amendment once he saw everybody else was for that too. And I did not know this at the time, and you probably didn't either because we were so distracted with the DNC tipping the scales in rigging their primary in favor of Hillary Clinton that we we didn't even hear nothing about it. Um, if we wasn't at their Democratic National Convention, you know, we weren't part of, of the debate concerning what was going to be part of their platform, their core issues. And so because of all the distractions, and I don't want to call them distractions because somebody rigging Um, the vote or rigging the process, that's not a distraction. That's something to be concerned about. You know, if you participate in in voting and what have you. Now, okay, so in 2016, Hillary Clinton and her people made repealing of the Hyde Amendment a part of the DNC platform. Again, in 2016, I was not aware of this. I I was not privy to the DNC's platform. I did hear conversations about debates concerning uh, what stance is the DNC going to take towards the Palestinians and the Israeli, you know, conflict in the Middle East, things of that nature. What what are they going to take a stance on the federal minimum wage? What what are they going to take a stance on in terms of health care or education? But it escaped me, and I feel like it escaped many because I didn't see many uh, mainstream articles, and that might have been on purpose, to hide the fact that they was making repealing the Hyde Amendment a central piece of their platform. Well, it might have been an issue that they were trying to hide back in 2016, but they're all out front with it today. Again, every single Democratic candidate is backing the repeal of the Hyde Amendment. And I feel like Joe Biden, um, who was in support of the Hyde Amendment, flip-flopped on the issue because he got word from the party leaders that, hey, dude, you can't be our nominee unless you support repealing the Hyde Amendment and allowing federal funds to go towards Planned Parenthood in in committing abortions and terminating life in a woman's womb. I feel like this is a very, very big mistake. And I posted this on Twitter. I said that if the Democratic Party is going to run on repealing the Hyde Amendment, again, which means that taxpayers will be forced to fund abortions, through federal taxation and dispensation of those funds, 
that you're giving Donald Trump the issue that he needs to beat you. And I said, as long as the economy in their terms, because the economy ain't never been good for non-white people or black people, it may help a few out and what have you, but I'm talking about the masses. When they're talking about the economy is doing great, they're talking about you know, Wall Street CEOs and, and investors, and you know they're talking about your Bill Gates and your your um I can't think of that one guy named that everybody looks to for financial uh Warren Buffett. I, somebody just paid like five million dollars to have lunch with that dude. That's who they're talking about when they're talking about the economy is strong in terms of the masses. If unemployment for the general population again. The black population, our unemployment numbers are always greater than white unemployment numbers. But if white unemployment stays low, like they're saying, what, 3% lowest in history? If Donald Trump doesn't start a war or allow himself to be used to start a war with Iran invading Venezuela, or any of the other countries they make threats towards. As long as we don't get another Iraq, the economy stays strong, unemployment stays low, and you and Donald Trump says, look at the Democrats, they want you to fund uh, the killing of babies. If he comes out and runs on that, on protecting the Hyde Amendment and, and, and making it about a judicial appointment to the Supreme Court and trying to get a pro-life person in there, Donald Trump will win in 2020. And that's just, that's just my political analysis of the situation, which I think is backed by facts. Not my opinion. I think it's backed by the data that I have read. And I will uh, go into some of this data. Um, and I learned a lot of things about Roe v. Wade that I didn't know prior to me announcing, hey, I'm going to do a radio program on this issue. And when I heard that people were saying that health care, I mean, excuse me, not health care, that abortion is a constitutional right, I'm like, wait a minute, wait. Now, I know the Second Amendment guarantees the right to bear arms to citizens, you know, they're still debating about that, but that's right there in the Second Amendment. That's clear. They, that ain't, and I know the 13th Amendment allows them to practice slavery as long as they convict you of a crime. There's no amb, uh, uh, confusion when I read that. There, it, it says what it means, and it means what it says, okay? No confusion in my mind whatsoever. So then when I ask people, hey, where is, I'm trying to ascertain some facts on the Constitution and whether or not it provides a right uh, for people to terminate life in the womb. And so somebody shared some information with me. Actually, Jenna uh, shared an article with me um, on social media that told me what they were saying, where they were, what they were basing this on. Roe v. Wade, again, as I said in the opening, was 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 based on the decision, the majority opinion. Again, this is the majority of the people who said that a woman has a right to uh, terminate life in her womb. They said that that right is provided for in the 14th Amendment. 
Go read the 14th Amendment and then tell me how the 14th Amendment, which was a Reconstruction Amendment after the Civil War, which was to, to some would argue, reconstruct white supremacy in the South, but it was to reconstruct the South. It was to give citizenship to former victims of slavery. It was to establish citizenship for those born to U.S. citizens. Again, it also further is four different sections of it. Some of it deals with who cannot vote. Well, you know, it took away the vote from people who have been enslaved and, and what have you through the prison system. It talks about the Confederates and them not getting any compensation for the loss of property or human beings, which they consider property. The federal government was not going to pay them. That's what the 14th Amendment deals with. That was the intent of the framers, as they call them, when they wrote the 14th Amendment. All right. Citizenship mainly is the main thing it deals with. Deals with African Americans, former victims of slavery. Well, I shouldn't even say former, considering we the number one population in prison slavery today. But the former victims of slavery during that time, after the Civil War. Okay, so I learned a lot about that, and I made the comment that now I understand why Democrats are so worried about appointments to the SCOTUS because legally speaking, setting aside any personal feelings I have about the issue of abortion and just strictly being objective and giving my layman's legal analysis, which I just gave you, Roe v. Wade is on, is on quicksand. It's not on solid legal footing. And now I understand, whereas 48 hours ago, I did not understand why this was not settled law. And that's because the opinion and what they're basing it on is bull crap. It's bull crap. The 14th Amendment has nothing to do with terminating life in the womb. The due process clause was written so that African-Americans all citizens will have equal due process under the law. Okay? And then they immediately violated that with the Jim Crow laws and the federal government was not forceful in even enforcing the 14th Amendment. They withdrew the federal troops that was enforcing equal protection under the law. So the equal protection clause, the intent of the 14th Amendment has nothing to do with Abortion. That is not me speaking from a place of bias because I am pro-life. That's me speaking from an honest, objective reading of the 14th Amendment. So judicial activism is real. It is real. And the Supreme Court has handed down very wrong opinions over the years. Now, Repealing the Hyde Amendment. Again, it's a federal law that prohibits organizations like Planned Parenthood from receiving federal funds for abortions, except in cases of rape, incest, and to save the life of the mother. Like I said, this apparently has become a goal of Democrats in 2016. Now, even Bernie Sanders, I heard him the other day, and I've been 
as much as you can call me a supporter, because I, I don't think that's an accurate term, I support policies. I don't support people. And I was very supportive of many of the policy proposals of Bernie Sanders. Medicaid for all would definitely help black people because of our wealth inequality and the fact that, you know, we have very, very um, bad outcomes in healthcare and we don't have access to good quality healthcare, whether we have insurance or we don't have insurance. It just, it, it just depends. Now, now Bernie Sanders saying that Medicaid for all will also cover abortions. Well, you know what? Now I'm not so enthusiastic about Medicaid for all. Okay. Because I am staunchly against forcing people, even if I was pro-choice, like a pro-choice woman said to me yesterday that I'm pro-choice, but I don't think taxpayers should be forced to pay for somebody's abortion. Okay, so even if I was pro-choice, I would still hold this same position on the Hyde Amendment because you know what? I try to be respective of other people. I try to live in harmony with other people. And I know that for some people, not just some, but a lot of people, this is a very, very important issue to them. Man, I tell you, the things that my mom says, my mom is staunchly pro-life. And the things that she says about people who believe in abortions, I don't even, I wouldn't even repeat. You know, well, I did repeat it to this one black woman who was attacking me and, th- and brought my mom into it and saying, you know, I'm some kind of controlling man and I want to control a woman's womb and, and just a whole bunch of personal attacks and nothing to do with the Hyde Amendment. He even talk about my mother raised a pig. Okay. So my, you know, my mom, I told her, well, my mom calls people like you baby killers. And since you want to be so nasty, you're probably so nasty that you didn't had 20 to 30 abortions as using it as a method of birth control. And I hated to take it there, but that person pushed those buttons and I took it there. And and there are people in this country who absolutely believe in protecting children, including children in the womb. Again, this goes back to the central question. When do you believe life begins? Okay. So I think this is a strategic mistake on behalf of Democrats because now you're giving Donald Trump and you're giving the Republicans a moral, you can call it a moral issue, you can call them a religious issue, and I'm not just talking about Christians. I, I think I see uh, uh, Ross on, on the line, and Ross had mentioned on another program, it might have been Tando, it might have been, I think it was Tando. So uh, we have non-Christians because everybody want to make it a fight between Christians and Christians believe life starts before you even are in the womb based on some Old Testament scripture where where God the creator is talking about the prophet Jeremiah saying I knew you before you were in the womb meaning that his soul existed before he came to this physical realm, realm through his mother's womb. That is the basis of most Christians' 
pro-life stance is that God says he knew me before I even came into physical existence. So once conception starts, then that means that, you know, that's life right there. That's a person. That's a human being. Okay. So, I mean, it's important to understand why people believe what they believe. Now, Ross it doesn't profess to be a Christian. He believes in, in African-based spirit, African spirituality. And he shared with us that some African African people believe that in African, I should say African descendant people, because I don't want to just limit it to people in Africa because the diaspora is very large and there are people in the, in the African um, diaspora that do practice African traditional uh, religions or codes and what have you. And Ross was saying that some of them believe that a baby is an ancestor who has lived before and has unfinished work and has come back to the earth to come back to this physical realm to complete the work that they started and perhaps didn't finish. That sounds like reincarnation to me, which Hindus believe in. So what I'm saying is you can't just say that, oh, that's a Christian fanatic that's pro-life and believing in fairy tales and what look, there are millions and millions, there are probably over a billion people who believe this. Okay? It's over a million people, I mean over a billion people who practice these various religions that all agree that a fetus isn't a fetus, but a fetus is a human being that has a soul. Okay, so again, that's why I said that where you fall on this issue probably is informed by your spiritual beliefs, your religious beliefs, or your moral codes that you go by. All right, so I just feel like by them forcing taxpayers, this has been the law since the 70s. Roe v. Wade hadn't really been an issue except for on a state level where you had these different uh, uh, Republican legislatures doing everything they can to restrict access to abortions. And usually, you know, they cite their religious moral codes. And I know a lot of them are, are hypocrites. How can you say you believe you're pro-life, but you believe in the state putting people to death or you're so pro-war? And I, I yeah. A lot of them are, are hypocrites, but that was going nowhere. That was going nowhere. It really wasn't that much energy behind that until I believe 2016, because just cause Scotty didn't know about it, just because our audience didn't know about it, just because the mainstream media wasn't really reporting that repealing the Hyde Amendment was a plank of the Democratic Party's platform in 2016 and still is going forward. Okay, those politicians on the Republican side knew it. So how do I know that Donald Trump didn't defeat Hillary Clinton because of this one issue. How do I know that them talking about forcing taxpayers to fund abortions didn't re-energize those Republicans who call, who call themselves pro-life? It seems to me that that's a good a reason as any. Besides racism, of course, lots of racist white people 
voted for Donald Trump because he was blowing them racist dog whistles and what have you. But he also made part of his platform that a pro-life platform. Donald Trump just recently issued a new ban, I should say, the Trump administration. But the Trump administration just issued a new ban on research, medical research that's using fetal tissue that comes from aborted babies. Maybe some of it's coming from people who had miscarriages. I don't, I'm not sure of all the sources of this fetal tissue, but that's him signaling to his pro-life supporters, his pro-life voters that I'm serious about this issue. If I'm not serious about anything else, I'm serious about this one issue. And as I stated, as long as unemployment remains low for white people, long as the economy stays strong for the 1%, as long as Donald Trump doesn't get us into an, a disastrous war on a, on a level of Afghanistan or Iraq, Donald Trump will win 2020. And you will have the Democratic Party to thank for it. I mean, it's like they're a bunch of incompetent people over there. I mean, they could not have done any kind of research. They couldn't have, what do they call it, done a focus group of people all across the spectrum. They couldn't have done that and, and, and found that this is a winning issue for them. It's not. I've already heard women. And to me, let, let me put this out there. Abortion is not a gender issue. It is not a gender issue. Just like war isn't a gender issue. Just like criminal justice isn't a gender issue. I mean, I, I you know, I've often said that, you know, we shouldn't just focus on black men because black women is the highest growing demographic in the prison industrial complex in modern day slavery. So it's not a gender issue. It's not a black men and boys issue. It's an issue dealing with justice and injustice. Either something's just or it's not just. It cannot be both. And this abortion issue is not a gender issue. If abortions are being done in a community a person lives in, and depending upon how that person feels about that's they're going to make it their issue. And it is their issue. Everything that goes on in our communities is an issue. Okay? But like I said to the person who was being so nasty, Miss Nasty is what I called her, you know, who didn't even understand that I was talking about the Hyde Amendment, and I was not talking about repealing Roe v. Wade. I was talking about if you repeal the Hyde Amendment and you force taxpayers to fund abortions with federal dollars, that then it's no longer between you and your doctor. It's between you, your doctor, and the taxpayer. So don't don't try to dismiss 
people by saying, oh, you a man and, and all this and that. Why don't you just go get a vasectomy and all that? No, that's not a logical argument. That's a, what they call that? That's a logical fallacy or straw man. That, that don't make no sense whatsoever. And you're just trying to shut down debate by accusing me of being a misogynist or, or something like that to make it about hating on men and men trying to control women's bodies and, and all this and that. Okay? There's people in my family who have had abortions. If I was made privy of it prior to them having it, I'd try to talk them out of it. But I, after they decided to go through with it, I did not disown them. It's, I ain't never speaking to you again. You are out the family. You are disowned. Just, you know, some things I leave in God's hands. And yes, I do believe in God. I leave in God's hands. I say that, that's for God to judge, you know. But in terms of what's under my control, in terms of what I'm giving energy to, I choose not to give my energy to that. So it's not like I'm trying to say, because for me it was settled law until people start being nasty and causing me to do further research. And then I discovered the legal underpinning of Roe v. Wade is the 14th Amendment, a Reconstruction Amendment. Oh, man, no, that that's illogical. That ain't got nothing to do with, with abortion. But the purpose of me doing this program is to talk some sense into people. And and I also said this. See, y'all may not, some of you may not be old enough to remember. And yeah, it's not like it, it's been, it's ancient history. Some people who are pro-life, we can call them pro-life extremists. They, in their eyes, they're not extremists because they're defending babies. They're defending the unborn babies. They believe that life you know, started before the person even got in the wound and what have you. And they will take it to the extreme of, I will murder an abortion doctor in a church. I will bomb an abortion clinic. Now, that hasn't really been that big of an issue, I would say, in the past decade, maybe past 15 years. If there have been individual acts like that, I'm just not privy to them. But I do remember a time, I think it was during the 80s, where this was a very, very, very strong. What's that dude last name, Rudolph? Was it Eric Rudolph that was going around bombing all them abortion clinics in the 80s? I believe. So I was a young person in the 80s, and I remember that. I, I said that if you repeal the Hyde Amendment, you're going to create an army of extremists. You're going to make it very, very unsafe for a lot of people in this country. This is a hornet's nest that does not need to be kicked. Okay? So, that's my point. Is Well, no, I got several points. I shouldn't say, because I am pro-life. And I don't want to fund abortions and I should have the choice of not a funding, terminating life in a woman's womb. 
I should have that choice. We want to talk about being pro-choice. What about taxpayers' choice to not do that? It's just like these wars that they spend trillions of dollars on. I'm against that too. You know why? Being anti-war is pro-life. Because people die. Millions of people die from wars. So I have to be consistent. This is just me. This, you know, I ain't trying to tell you how to live your life. I ain't trying to control you. But I have to live my life, and I have to stick to my principles. And, my, and I'm pro-life. That means I'm anti-death penalty. That means I'm anti-abortion. I'm anti-war. I'm anti-police killing citizens. I'm, I'm pro-life in all regards. And I just like I don't want federal tax dollars going to the military-industrial complex to build more sophisticated means to kill people, I don't want federal dollars going towards the abortion industry. Okay? Just like I don't want federal dollars going to private prisons to lock up U.S. citizens and non-citizens alike in this modern era of slavery that we have, I don't want federal funds going to an abortion clinic. They've been getting along just fine without those dollars. So why? Why Why is Hillary Clinton and her henchmen and women, why are they bringing this up? Why are they making this an issue? Why? Especially with abortions on decline, Barack Obama, a lot of people talked about he's going to set up death panels with this Obamacare. There's going to be death panels and all this and that. Well, if you're pro-life, you need to give Barack Obama credit for reducing the number of abortions that happen in this country. You know why you need to give him credit on that? It's because Obamacare expanded health care coverage to millions of people who didn't have health care. Now, I'm not going to debate, you know, the merits of Obamacare because a lot of people don't like it. High premiums and and what have you. It was based on uh, a a Republican plan and what have you, and it's not single payer or what have you. But they also made employers cover contraceptive. Now, see, I call these pro, pro-life extremists where um, people don't even want people taking birth control, and that's usually Catholics because they want as many babies born as possible. They grow up to be Catholic so that they can be contributors, monetary financial contributors to the Catholic Church. I believe that's what it's about. It's also about dominating the globe with Catholicism. And if all, you know, the people who practice Catholicism die off. So I believe that's why they are so not only anti-abortion, but they're anti-contraceptive. I'm not anti-contraceptives. And the Obamacare made employers cover contraceptives. It also made health care, I mean, excuse me, contraceptives accessible or more accessible to more poor people. Medicaid. You can get birth control with Medicaid. 
uh, a man, uh, uh, particularly a man, we can go, and a woman too, we can go to the clinic here in Gaston County. We can go to the Gaston County Clinic in Mecklenburg County. You can go to the Mecklenburg County Clinic. That's where Charlotte is. And they'll give you a bag full of, 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 of rubbers, of condoms. There is no reason with all the advances in making contraceptives safe and affordable and accessible to the poorest among us, there's no excuse for abortion. So I give Barack Obama all the credit in the world for reducing abortions, even if he pro-choice. To me, if we want to eliminate the issue of abortion, then let's em- eliminate unwanted, so-called unwanted pregnancies through education and through providing contraceptives. And in the past 30, I think it said in the past 30 years, even worldwide, not just in the United States and not just in developed countries as they call them developed countries, but even in third world countries, abortions are in severe decline. So to me, to prevent, let's say, conflict, to prevent the abortion wars, how come the pro-choice and pro-life people can't come together and say that let's reduce these unwanted pregnancies by funding education in that area, whether it's through public service announcements to let people know, because some people may not know Medicaid will cover birth control. They may not know that, but doing public awareness campaigns and, and, and increasing federal funding for contraceptives. They got contraceptives to where you can get an implant and you'll be good for 10 years. You'll be good for 10 years. You ain't got to worry about it. There are others that, you know, you take a pill on a monthly basis. I mean, there are so many different methods of contraceptive that somebody coming at me telling me, well, which one is safe? What contraceptive is 100% safe? See, when you come at me with, with these illogical arguments, that tells me you are not, your beliefs aren't on solid footing. Because to say that contraceptives like to act like women are dying by the thousands because of of contraceptives or they're being maimed or in disfigured due to contraceptives, that's that's absurd. And that's ridiculous. And that's to say that's like you saying abortions are completely safe. No medical procedure is completely safe. But how come we can't come together to solve the issue of abortion in a constructive manner by promoting contraceptive education, pregnancy prevention education, and making sure that everyone has access to contraceptives and not just rich people? That's what Obamacare did in that area. It made it more accessible to more people through their employers and through Medicaid. The 
the reason to me that Hillary Clinton and them is doing this, and, and I hate to go there, but I can't think of a logical reason. It's a demonic influence is what it is. That is one of the most evilest women that I've ever known in the public eye. Just evil. You don't believe it? Man, go watch her laughing about the uh, brutal assassination of Gaddafi. This is an evil woman. She's nasty. She's just uh, disgusting. Why was it important for them to put the Hyde Amendment on the table to be repealed? Especially, it would make sense if every woman in this country was pro-choice. But every woman in this country isn't pro-choice. Let me just share from 2018, this is the most recent data I could come across. Pro-choice or pro-life? 2018 demographic table. This comes from Gallup.com. You know, the Gallup poll. And it says, the following table displays American self-identification as pro-choice or pro-life on abortion, according to various demographic and political subgroups based on May, uh, let me see, May 1 through 10, 2018 values and beliefs poll. So for 10 days, they was conducting this poll. Self-identified position on abortion, 2018. With respect to the, this is the question that was asked. With respect to the abortion issue, would you consider yourself to be pro-choice or pro-life? U.S. adults, 48% pro-choice. That means that they don't see have a problem with people terminating life in the womb. They don't see a problem with that. 48% self-identify as pro-life, meaning they do have a problem with it. 5% had no opinion, okay? And again, you know, polls are polls. They don't poll everybody. They just give you a sample size, but this is the data that's out there. And so I'm like, that's you can't get a more wedge issue than this issue. And what does a wedge do? You know, you if you've ever cut wood, and I have cut wood, uh, in the past, you have a wedge that you put on the little blocks and then you split that wood. You try to split it down the middle. I believe that's where the term wedge issue came came from. This is a wedge that evenly divides Americans. So it's not like you got a strong majority one way or the other. Gender, based on gender. It's even closer. So again, if you're one of those women out there that want to be nasty, who can't talk about this with men and want, and if you wanted them, oh man, let me watch my language because this dude really kind of um, push my buttons when he gonna come at me talking about this is an issue between a woman and her doctor, and it don't concern men. Dude, speak for yourself because if it don't concern men, why I see men out here? in these pro-choice marches and pushing for pro-choice. Why I see all these men involved on that. It, again, it's an evenly divided issue. But this isn't a gender issue. This doesn't, 
based on your gender, you believe one way or the other, or you fall one way or the other on this issue. When it comes to gender, again, this is from 2018. When it comes to gender, men, 47% of men are pro-choice. 48% of women are pro-choice. Pro-life, 49% are men. More men are pro-life. Women, 47% are pro-life. Again, it falls along the same lines as U.S. adults. 48% versus 48%. So don't come at me because I'm a man and has an opinion on this issue that does involve me, especially when you're talking about using taxpayer money. Don't come at me saying I'm a man and I, and, and, and I don't have no say in this or I, it's... it's I'm trying to control your womb. No, I'm not trying to control your womb. I'm trying to control how tax dollars are spent. Taxes that I contribute to, that lots of other men and women contribute to. So there's just as many women as there are men, you might as well say. What's a 2%? difference. That falls within the the, uh, margin of error of most polls. So men and women are equally pro-life just as men and women are equally pro-choice. This ain't a gender issue. Again, this boils down to the central question of when do you believe life begins? Okay? As you get as you get, um, it goes on to talk about age differences, the education, household income, and what have you. But again, there is no clear majority. And then when we're talking about a group of people who sees it as you killing babies, they wouldn't care if it was 70% approval. They would not care. You will create an army of extremists by forcing them to fund abortions. They made it clear it's against their religious beliefs. It's against their moral codes. It's against their spirituality practices. Why would you want to try to force somebody to do something or contribute to something that they don't want to contribute to? Makes no sense. And we'll and I found some surprising data on millennials. I I you know, I would have assumed before doing the research that most millennials were 100% pro-choice with no restrictions on abortions. If I'd have made that assumption, I'd have been wrong. Okay? And we'll and I'll share that information with you on the other side of this break. You're listening to Black Talk Radio News. Excuse me. You're listening to Black Talk Radio News, which will start broadcasting a live program once again, uh, starting at 11 a.m. and will go up to 12:55, depending upon how I feel that day. I hate to put it like that, or how much work I have, or any pressing things that I, I, that may cut that short. But I do plan on Monday through Friday, 11 a.m. to 12:55 p.m. 
Um, hopefully, I'll talk to a person today, another person that will uh, uh, provide some live programming in the slot from 1 p.m. to 3 p.m. or 2.55 p.m. Eastern time. So, listen, don't go anywhere again. I'm not trying to make enemies out here. I'm also not trying to make friends. I don't, I'm not one who put, who, who craves, you know, friendship or, or, you know, I'm not saying I like, I would like to be alone or all that. But what I'm saying is my opinions on issues, how I feel about certain things, how a person may perceive me has no bearing on it whatsoever. I'm not looking for, uh, uh, agreement. I'm not necessarily looking for disagreement, but we can talk about this in an intelligent way without name calling each other, without going to the extremes. And again, you know, I am pro-life, but what gave me uh, a cause to do this program is I see a strategic mistake from a political analyst point of view being made by the Democrats to run this as a part of their platform for any Democratic candidate. Because all Donald Trump got to do is call y'all baby killers and say that they trying to force half of America to fund abortions for the other half of them. He can, he can use all kind of loose language, calling the party of baby killers. and all. I'm telling y'all, he will win. He will win. Hands down, he will win. You don't, you don't have to believe me, but that's what I'm getting from this data that I'm sharing with you. That this is a wedge issue, and a person may hate the things that Donald Trump says and does, but on abortion, they will not vote for any candidate. That's how strong of a issue this is for people. So I'll be back on the other side. Don't go anywhere. If you have a question or comment, give us a call 704-802-5056, 704-802-5056. Hit the star key twice, and please watch your background noise. I'll check the board and I'll bring you on board. We'll be right back. No, it really isn't. Because, see, people are thinking in terms of, well, they want to brag about being black, which means that they are implying that there's something incorrect about being white, even though these are the creations of the creator. See, and then so everybody gets into this black pride thing or white pride thing, and people immediately start taking sides. It's not about taking sides based on black and white. It's about taking sides based on justice and non-justice. Well, that's what you're really aiming for. Being black doesn't mean anything if you don't believe in justice. And being white doesn't mean anything if you don't believe in justice, except you mean in, you believe in non-justice. And that doesn't make any difference what shade you are or how tall you are or who your cousin was or anything like that or what so-called nationality you have. Like a lot of people say that they pr take pride in being an Englishman or take pride in being a Frenchman, or take pride in being Afrocentric. Well, you're not supposed to be proud of any of those things if you don't believe in justice, because these words mean nothing. No nationality means anything. And, and 
waving a flag if you don't believe in not mistreating people. You've got to believe in not mistreating people, and you've got to believe in helping people that need help the most. Otherwise, you don't even have any business breathing. You are tuned in to the Black Talk Radio Network. For podcasts and live program scheduling, visit us on the web at blacktalkradionetwork.com. And welcome back to BTR News. My name is Scotty Reed. I'm broadcasting from behind the enemy lines of USA Inc. So, you know, real quick, and I appreciate, as I was talking about birth control, how come pro-life people and pro-choice people can't come together and just reduce the need for a person to have an abortion via birth control, via education? And, you know, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez recently has made a proposal for free, over-the-counter birth control for women. I can get behind that. Because you know what? It'll mean less women getting abortions. So, yes, I'm for that. Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez um, called for easier access to birth control. The first-term congresswoman from New York suggested that and let me pull up pull up the uh, article suggested women shouldn't have to pay top dollar for prescriptions or at all for that matter piss of uh, <laughs> man I was trying to say <laughs> never mind birth control should be over their counter pass it on she wrote on Twitter on Friday along with the follow up tweet it should be free too like in the UK under the UK's National Health Service, women are able to receive contraception, including three varieties of birth control pills, without having to pay for it. Access to contraceptives is open, openly available at community contraception clinics throughout the country, in addition to sexual health clinics. Doctors, of course, are able to give them out for free to patients. See, to me, that's something that, as a taxpayer, I would be willing to fund. Because you know what? It would lead to women not having to get an abortion because they have access to health care. And I still don't. Even without this, there's enough access. I can't say that. I have to stay objective. I can't use the... Mecklenburg County, how easy it is in Mecklenburg County and how easy it is to get contraceptives in in uh, um, Gaston County where I live. I can't use that. That's probably not the case in many counties across the nation, in many states across the nation. It, it, it's probably not the case, particularly in places like Alabama, Mississippi, places like that. I, I don't know. It, you had to go on a community-by-community community, um, study to find out. But I definitely could get a behind federal legislation and federal funds to carry out this legislation that would make contraceptives over-the-counter and free to everyone. Who wants them? Okay, it's already free for me. I can go go 
you know, to uh, the clinic here in Gaston County or Mecklenburg County and get a bag full of, of um, condoms if I needed them. All right. So, uh, and I know condoms ain't 100% effective. Um, you know, people can poke holes in them and get pregnant on purpose like this woman tried to do to me one time. Um, no. So, but these other things, I, I even included in my show notes or my program notes, all the different methods of modern contraceptives uh, on bedsider.org slash methods. And I'm like, some of this stuff is 100% effective without side effects. Without side effects. There are so many different options that I feel like there's no excuse. There's no excuse for any quote-unquote unplanned pregnancies. There's just no excuse for it. This comes down to taking responsibility over your own body. If I go out here and I catch a disease because I didn't protect myself and having sexual intercourse with somebody who carries diseases that I didn't know carried. That's on me. That's on me. That's on me. If I get an STD, if I get chlamydia, if I get syphilis, if I get gonorrhea because I had sex with a woman unprotected, that I ain't got nobody to blame but myself. Because I could have took myself down to the clinic or took myself down to the drugstore and got some condoms. When the, why do we want to enable irresponsible behavior? Now, I'm not talking about rape. I'm not talking about child, child molestation and incest. I'm not talking about those. I'm not talking about that. I know those people didn't choose to have that to happen to them. But come on, how many of these people are there actually? I've seen no data. I've seen no data that says that 50% of women who undergo this procedure are doing so because of rape. You know what? If you start funding, if you repeal the Hyde Amendment and start forcing taxpayers to cover the costs, I, for one, would demand that kind of data because it's no longer between you and that clinic doctor no because you're using federal funds now I want to know more I want the inside information what's really being gone what's the source what 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 why are these women getting abortions is it cause of rape is it because of high instances of incest I would think the public would want to know I'm seeing I'm not saying the data don't exist I'm saying I haven't seen it and I'm skeptical that most of the women who get abortions are in are, are for those reasons rape or incest I would say it's a very 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 small percentage of those women and again the Hyde Amendment would allow women in that circumstance to get federal funding if they don't have the funds that they have themselves you know, to have it themselves, pay for it themselves. So this is, again, being informed about what you're talking about. The Hyde Amendment, I say again, already allows for federal funds to be used in those 
uh, life terminating procedures if the woman was raped or if she's a victim of incest or if if that baby if having that baby's going to kill her like let's say a, a 11 year old got pregnant it does happen let's say 11 year old got pregnant well it's very likely if she carried that baby to term it's going to kill that 11 year old I don't even want to call it 11 year old a mother in case of, you know the term life of the mother that's a child so I, I, I make exceptions the Hyde Amendment makes exceptions to me this amendment is keeping peace in the streets on this issue it's keeping peace in the streets I think that Donald Trump's chances of becoming reelected increased as more and more people learn about the Democrats plan every single Democratic candidate for president is talking about the Hyde Amendment and repealing it and making taxpayers just say what it is. It's not just repealing Hyde. You're forcing taxpayers to pay for a procedure that they don't want to pay for. And now you got this argument coming from Elizabeth Warren talking about this is a, any, uh, a wealth inequality issue. I don't just want just rich women to be able to get abortions. I just want, I want everybody to be able to get abortions. I want poor women to have access to abortion. Because, you know, uh, uh, pregnancies, having babies makes uh, uh, um, it hard for people to acquire wealth. Give me a break, woman. Get out my face with that nonsense. This is not contributing to wealth inequality. Racism is contributing to wealth inequality. And misogyny, if you want to talk about women only, although this isn't even, I tell you, Kamala Harris makes me so so mad. All she do is equal pay between men and women. Equal pay for men and women. I'm going to pass a law that's going to force these corporations to show that they ain't discriminating in pay against women. Well, what about men? What about black men? What about non-white men? We've been discriminating against. We make less than white women make for the same work. That gets on my nerves. That's not... Pay inequality is not a gender issue. It's a people issue. There's a lot of pay inequality going on, and it has more to do with their sex or what's between their legs. Do you understand how angry I was when I had a supervisor's job working for an international dye company? Here I got all this computer experience. I got this education and here, this high school, all you got is a high school diploma. Nothing against people with only high school diplomas because lots of people have gone on to be successful with just high school diplomas in whatever area that they chose. So this is not me bashing people with high school diplomas. But pay is supposed to be based on experience, education, and, and things along that nature. Here it is, this little young white girl making $10,000 more a year than me and didn't even have a quarter of my education. 
didn't have a quarter of my experience. And then if you want to talk about performance, was not perform her shift, second shift, was not performing and producing like my shift, which was third shift. So you want to talk about wealthy inequality, Elizabeth Warren, that's where you should stick to focusing on. Perhaps you should be strongly, uh, perhaps you should be pledging to sign H.R. 40 into law to establish the reparations uh, study commission, which eventually I hope will determine a reparations package, which should include monetary benefits. So, but her trying to make uh, repealing the Hyde Amendment about wealth inequality, no, you're reaching. You're reaching very far. It, the way that you stop unwanted pregnancy is by not getting pregnant in the first place. And there is plenty technology or, or medicine has advanced so far into the 21st century. There's no reason that you can't safely prevent yourself from getting pregnant. I'm not a pro-life extremist to where I'm against even funding contraceptives or I'm against educating young people in sex ed about how you get pregnant. I'm not that kind of pro-life person. That's, an, that's taking the extreme view. And I know what some of it's based on. I just don't agree with their interpretations. But they're trying to now make it about, oh, this is about wealth inequality. This is why black people don't have as much wealth as white people is because black people are forced to have babies and don't have access to health care, to abortions like rich white women do. This is nonsense. This is nonsense. Maybe if you was paying the black family what they deserve to be paid and there wasn't discrimination in pay, they could afford to have these children. Because that's really what you're saying is y'all poor niggas need to stop having babies because you can't afford them and then you're getting all up on welfare. <laughs> yep. That's what, that's what she's saying. That's what she's really saying. Is y'all poor folks don't need to have babies Y'all should have abortions. Y'all should have access, greater access to abortions because we don't need you having babies being a drain on the system. That's what they saying. That's what she's saying. That's what it says to me. That's what she's saying to me. I was living close to, if not right at the poverty level when my children were born. And I was in the military. Yes, soldiers get paid poverty wages. Soldiers in the U.S. Army or any of the other branches qualify for food stamps. When I got married, I was in the service. My first child was born, I was over there in Saudi Arabia in the Gulf War. We had that child. Then had another child. And we made it, we made it work. Both of us getting jo- both of us holding jobs down and what have you. 
Hell, my ex-wife wanted eight children. I was like, no, that's too many for me. We were poor. I see lots of poor families where I live. Just making it. So don't tell me that them having babies and furthering their family lines, furthering their people, is the reason why pay inequality exists. Because it doesn't. Pay inequality exists for the black community because of racism. That's why it exists. Got nothing to do with us having babies. But again, I do agree that if you don't want to raise a child, don't have a child. And don't have a child means don't get pregnant. There's no reason on this earth with all the birth control options out there for anyone to steal. And and I'm so happy it's in decline. Like we were just reading about Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez pointing out, hey, this is what they do in the UK. Let me let me pull up that information. The American abortion rate is at an all-time low. But before that, let me take a station identification break and I'm going to show you that abortion rates are plummeting in Europe and North America is this one section, but it even says that, I think this is the article that I found, that even in developing countries, that it is going, unplanned pregnancies and abortions are hitting historic lows. That should be cause for a celebration, right? You should celebrate that. And it's called the contraceptives. That's the E. Now, abortion wouldn't even be an issue if nobody was having them, right? Because nobody's having unplanned pregnancies. So I'm going to take a break. I'm going to catch my breath, uh, grab me some water, um, and um, we'll come back. And I'm going to share this data with you. The American abortion rate is at an all-time low. This also came out in December of 2018, um, which is when that Gallup uh, report uh, showing Americans are evenly divided on this issue uh, came out. So this is fairly recent data. This isn't like some old data. This is fairly recent. So you're listening to Black Talk Radio News. My name is Scotty Reed. This program airs Monday through Friday, 11 a.m. to 12.55 p.m. Eastern Time. Please continue to support all the programming that you find constructive on the network by sharing it with a friend, um, letting more people know that we exist. Um, you know, just because we got a number one ranking in the world uh, by independent research and marketing firm of uh, being the number one black audio and podcast, black radio and podcasting platform doesn't mean every person knows about us. So, so they'll only know because you tell them. So tell them and invite them to become part of the BTR family. We'll be back after this quick music break. This is the 21st century, and we need to redefine revolution. This planet needs a people's revolution, a humanist revolution. 
Revolution is not about bloodshed or about going to the mountains and fighting. We'll fight if we are forced to. But the fundamental goal of revolution must be peace. We need a revolution of the mind. We need a revolution of the heart. We need a revolution of the spirit. The power of people is stronger than any weapon. Weapons of mass love. It's not enough just to change the system. We need to change ourselves. We have got to make this world user friendly. User friendly. Ready to sacrifice to end world hunger? To sacrifice to end colonialism? To end neocolonialism? Talk Radio, your choice for digital black radio. New black media for the new millennium. And welcome back to BTR News with Scotty Reed. Yours truly in on this broadcast. Been a while uh, since I've conducted a program entirely by myself. You might well say I was one of the co-hosts of Tando Radio Show. And if you're joining us late, you know, Dave was on at the beginning of the broadcast uh, he's taking a position with a company that's going to take a lot of his time. So Tando Radio is suspended um, operations for now, but we'll be back in the future. You can check out uh, what you missed by listening to the podcast, which will be posted uh, later today. So I want to get to this article. And again, look, 
I don't claim to know everything. I don't claim to be the arbitrator of what's truth and, and what's not. I, I just present the information. It's up to you decide, to decide. But if you have a different point of view than me and you see some error in my process of critically thinking about this issue, then by all means, share it with me. I'm not going to bite your head off because we in disagree. I disagree with a lot of people on this network over various things. Doesn't mean that we're now sworn enemies or, or what have you. No, it just means we have a different point of view. You know, we may be coming from a different place of values and, and what have you. Um, and so this article from Vox.com, the abortion, the American abortion rate, it's at all time low, uh, came out in uh, December the 3rd, 2018. The United States abortion rate has fallen dramatically over the past decade, new federal data shows. A new report from the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention shows that the national abortion rate declined 26% between 2006 and 2015, hitting the lowest level that the government has on record. The abortion ratio, the proportion of abortions to live births, is also down to historic lows. In 2005, the abortion ratio was about 233 abortions for every 1,000 live births. In 2015, it was 188 abortions for 1,000 live uh, births. This decline in abortions is happening amid other positive trends in reproductive health. The number of teen pregnancies in the United States, for example, has dramatically decreased since the 1990s, and a lot of that seems to, to um, a, and a lot of that seems to have to do with young adults using better contraception. It is also part of an international trend. Separate research has found that looking even further back in history, abortion rates in developed countries across Europe and North America are all declining. In the early 1990s, there were 45 abortions for every 1,000 between the ages of 15 and 44. That figure has now dropped to 27 abortions per 1,000 women. Now, it doesn't there's some information I don't have here that I would like to have. And is it adults? You know, if, if you're saying that right now, the figure since 2015, that's the latest data that I guess they have or they're using. It says 188 abortions for 1,000 live births. Now, is that talking about all women or is that talking about Adult women, women, you know, women considered adults uh, above the age of 18 and order. So you got 188 abortions for 1,000 live births. Now it's showing that, and this, uh, granted, is from international. It's not showing me just the United States, but it does say that it is dropping um, But it, in the United States. But it, it, when it says that, Teens across the world have now dropped to 27 abortions per 1,000 women between the ages of 
of 15 and 44. I mean, I guess what I'm asking is, are younger adults more responsible than some of these older people out here? Are they becoming more responsible with their reproductive health than other women who are much older than them? I, I, I don't know. I can't, I can't say. All I know is there is good news in all of this data and that because of medical advances in reproductive health and in, in contraceptives is that abortions are declining. I hope it gets to the point to where there is zero abortions per 1,000 women because there's no more unplanned pregnancies because people are getting the right education and they're getting the resources to where they can prevent pregnancies that they so-called don't want. All right. Let me see. Why abortions? and unplanned pregnancies are hitting historic lows. It's saying there can be a lot of explanations for why abortions are happening less frequently in the United States. It might have to do, for example, with increasingly restrictive laws that make abortions harder to access. Well, until this year, I really wasn't seeing restrictive laws of that nature, Um, especially not here in North Carolina. There's Planned Parenthood in Charlotte. They just opened up a new clinic in Charlotte but there's one here in Gaston County as well, okay? And I know that they opened up a new clinic called um, Marilyn Gould, who is a, a black woman and a preacher um, at Victory Christian Center in Charlotte. She was leading the protest against this abortion uh, clinic. So again, this ain't, you can't say to me, oh, you a man, this doesn't concern you, or I'm just trying to control your body, or this isn't a gender issue. And again, if you're talking about using my tax dollars, then you are inviting me into, you know, the conversation between you and your doctor about how y'all gonna fund this, because I'm gonna tell you no. Says a lot of that has to do with more women using better contraceptives. In 2012, again, this is where I credit Obama, the Affordable Care Act began mandating that insurers carry a wide array of birth control with no co-payments or cost sharing for patients. That meant that IUDs and implants, the most effective, effective, reversible contraceptives became a lot more affordable for American women. So, y'all pro-lifers out there that, that you know, y'all so anti-Obama, y'all should be giving him credit for a, redu- a reduction in a, abortions. You know, that uh, Affordable Care Act that you were so against. Um, yeah. Well, it had a positive impact on an issue that y'all say is important to you. It's important to me, but I mean it sincerely when I say it because I'm pro-life across the board, not just talking about abortion. I'm anti-death penalty. I'm anti-war. I'm I'm anti-police violence and killing. And so I'm I'm, I'm consistently pro-life across many different issues, not just on this one issue, whereas you will find 
a lot of talking heads on this issue who say they're pro-life, who who really don't care about these children after they're born. That's why Donald Trump's proposing cutting food stamps. Well, who's the primary beneficiary for food stamps? Children are. But again, I have to keep stressing this point. If Donald Trump wins re-election in 2020, y'all can point back to Democrats running on repealing the Hyde Amendment as the reason why. Because a lot of people will swallow their nose, excuse me, will hold their nose, and they will vote for Donald Trump as opposed to voting for a pro-abortion candidate. That's just the facts. It ain't even about debating whether those people are right and wrong on being one-issue voters. The fact is, they are one-issue voters. And this is that one-issue that will, and I suspect, did cause. I know it did, at least in, in a couple of people that I've talked to. I know they voted for Donald Trump on the abortion issue alone. That's just the fact of the matter. This is a wedge issue. So if y'all concerned about Donald Trump becoming reelected, maybe y'all need to have a talk with the Democratic Party, not that they'll listen on this issue of repealing the Hyde Amendment. That's what I'm talking about specifically. I ain't talking about whether or not there's a constitutional right for a woman to have an abortion, even though in my interpretation of the 14th Amendment says it has nothing to do with it, but that's not what this is about. This is about the Hyde Amendment and whether or not people should be forced to fund abortions via tax, federal tax dollars. Let me see. And, and then it even says that even before Obamacare's birth control mandate, American women were already gra- gravitating towards these more effective contraceptives. So I, I agree with Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez. For me, I'm, I'm expressing a pro-life position when I say that contraceptives should be made accessible and affordable and if not free for everyone which again much of it is access to birth control increased under the Obama administration but the White House is writing new regulations that could limit availability why? that makes no sense that makes no sense Trump administration why? That's counter to you saying that you pro-life. People are going to have sex. That's a biological function. That's a biological urge. You're going. People are going to have sex. And as a result of people having sex, babies are going to be conceived. So if you're really about saving babies then the preventive measure the logical preventive measure is greater access to contraceptives and not less I I pretty much got a handle on why Catholics 
or the Catholic Church, I should say. I shouldn't single out Catholics because, you know, you could belong to a religion and not follow what the so-called leaders dictate to you, which, you know, the Catholic Church, more than any other uh, uh, church, has a hierarchy that issues dictates to, you know, their followers or adherents or members. They dictate to them, and they told them, no, you can't, you, you supposed to have much babies as possible, no contraceptives and what have you. And well, I don't agree with that. That's ignorant. And if you, if I'm really concerned about babies being aborted, I should be concerned that every woman has, that's sexually active has access to uh, safe means of contraceptives. But anyway, that's, that's great news. It great. It's showing you how we can minimize this even being a issue. But again, you're going to radicalize. Again, how, as long as I've been on air, I've been on air since 2007 doing a radio program over the internet. I started on Blog Talk Radio. All the shows that I have done or programs that I have done since 2007 you will probably find none where the main topic was abortion Roe v. Wade or any of that I accepted it as settled law because I you know it just it just wasn't high on my list of priorities again my prior ending slavery ending slavery is my number one priority because legal slavery slavery should not exist in any country, anywhere in the world. And it's just an affront to me that the 13th Amendment of the U.S. Constitution provides for legalized slavery as punishment for so-called crime. This was not, abortion was not high up on my list. Maybe if I was a woman, it might have been a little higher, but I'm not a woman. So it wasn't on my list. I, as a young person, well, I used protection. And I was having relations with this this young woman I was working with. And she talking about she pregnant and want $200 for an abortion. Well, I used condoms. None of them broke. And I don't know if that's my baby or not. And plus, I don't believe in abortion, so I'm not going to give you $200. So, if me personally won't give a woman $200 to have an abortion, what makes you think I want my tax dollars going to give to a woman to have an abortion? She had the abortion. Don't ask me how. But I did not give any energy and financial dollars towards that. This issue will get Donald Trump Re-elected. Mark my words on this date, June the 11th, 2019, I told you Donald Trump, if he runs with some conditions, if unemployment remains low, if the economy stays strong for the 1%, because it ain't working for us, if he doesn't drag us into another Iraq, and he makes abortion prevention 
the number one topic of his campaign, this man will probably win in a landslide. He won't even, he'll probably win the popular vote as well. Because a lot of people feel more strongly, again, half the country's pro-life. More people feel more strongly about protecting the lives of unborn child than they feel strongly about him being some kind of national embarrassment or blowing racist dog whistles and and it's just that much more important. That's the number one thing issue in these people's lives. This is a tremendous political strategic mistake on the part of Democrats. Because you will find, because I was very enthusiastic about turning out to the Democratic primary to vote for Bernie Sanders because in the past he has stood for uh, abolishing private prisons and jails. He has stood for and stands for free college tuition at, I, I shouldn't even say free, no college tuition at state colleges and universities. That'll give us much access to higher education as a community where many of us can't afford afford to go or to send our children or whatnot. He seems to be anti-war. He seems to be not wanting to get into foreign entanglements. But then when I start hearing him talk about Medicaid for all, we'll cover abortions and it will repeal the Hyde Amendment. Now I'm not so enthusiastic. Now I'm in a dilemma. My spiritual, my moral beliefs tell me that first and foremost, I should protect children. Then on the other hand, a lot of children will be helped through these other policies or what have you. Perhaps increased free contraceptives will make it so that these women won't even need to get an abortion because they got Medicaid for all to get. But it's a mistake for him to tie repealing the Hyde Amendment and abortions to all to Medicaid for all. That's that's not that that is going to cause a drop in in, in, in turnout in enthusiasm in participating in the process. Because I, I, I'm, I'm just being honest with you. I'm always going to be honest with you. Not on here to tell lies or whatnot. I'm on here to be honest, whether you like my point of view or not. I'm not so enthusiastic about voting for anybody in the Democratic primary. Whereas before I heard him talk like that, I was kind of enthusiastic. And I was going to tell other people, Listen, you got to vote for Sanders, man. All these policies, man. And then on top of that, he said that he would sign H.R. 40 into law. He pledged that if Congress passes the reparations bill, that he'll sign it into law. I just saw somebody putting out fake news yesterday saying that Sanders doesn't support reparations for black people. Well, you know, maybe if you stay updated on the news or if you didn't have an agenda, of uh, suppressing um, Democratic votes, um, you wouldn't be saying that and you would be aware that back in March, he said he would sign that bill into law. All right. Uh, um, But now, though, 
with him adopting the Democratic platform on the on repealing the Hyde Amendment, I just don't know if I can get enthusiastic about telling anybody to support him. I, I just don't know. I, I just don't know. And I, I just think that there's a lot of people, whether they're being vocal about it or not, who feel the same way I do. I know at least a couple of people have publicly, you know, stated to me on social media that they agree that the Democratic Party running on this is a strategic mistake. It's a mistake. And it goes back to the data of Americans being evenly divided on this issue. Now, there was, I thought it was this article. Let me do some quick speed reading and see if I could find the part about millennials. Um, they were citing some other report, but millennials in the United States, a majority of them, it's not a very, very large majority, but it is a majority of millennials do want restrictions on abortions. They just don't want people to just be able to just willy-nilly be able to walk into someplace and get an abortion with no restrictions whatsoever. I don't see that. It might be in another article on my show notes. Uh, let me see uh, which one of these articles is it. It might have been in that pro-choice article or the birth control article Okay, I don't see it there, and I'm just about out of time. I actually over time, but I have posted all these articles in BTR community. That's the social media for Black Talk Radio Network. Um, it does require a setup fee of twenty four dollars a year that helps us pay for um, you know our servers and everything we need, the maintenance and, and all of that. Um, that's the only reason we had that fee because we're not going to get corporate America support, nor do I want corporate America support, especially from certain industries or what. You'll never see any advertisement, but all of these stories are posted in and my on my profile, BTR News with Scotty Reed and BTRcommunity.com. Then mark my words: if it's a close race, you can point to the issue of abortion. If Donald Trump wins. In 2020, you can point to Democrats running on forcing American taxpayers to fund abortions, even though it's a hotly debated or divided issue. That's going to give Donald Trump the issue he needs to win if he doesn't do something, something more stupid than, you know, the words that come out of his mouth. I'm telling y'all, mark my words or don't. Don't listen, Democratic Party, which I suspect you won't. Um, but don't listen and watch Donald Trump be sworn in on January the 20th. Uh, what would that be? January 20th, 2021? Yeah. Watch. That said, I'll be back on air uh, tomorrow. I'm still working on a topic for tomorrow. Um, but I'll be back on air at 11 a.m. Eastern Time. Peace and blessings. Recognize the fact that you do live behind the enemy lines of a nation that still practices slavery while telling the world that, hey, we abolished slavery in 1865. But if you read the 13th Amendment, it clearly says that slavery and involuntary servitude shall be abolished except 
as a punishment for crime. And when you view, when you read that, that puts what they call mass incarceration in the United States having the world's largest prison population into context. With that said, y'all be safe out there. Peace and blessings to all. Scott Stuff.